is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 412, recorded on Tuesday, December the 18th, 2018. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. It's uh, getting close to Christmas, but we wanted to fit in one more podcast before, you know, we really get deep into the Christmas break. Um, So here we are. Jason, welcome. Thank you. Uh, Welcome to you as well, Christopher. I know you're not feeling well today, but... uh... Hopefully we can get through this without you hacking and coughing and wheezing and sneezing too much. You know, I'm not feeling great. I'm, I've am i been coming down with a cold for a couple of days now, although it really just started kind of last night. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I don't sound too bad. I gotta say I don't feel great, but that's what the mute button is for. So I'm going to try to use it and use it at the right time. Oh, and that if- would be, the, yeah, but just what you need to do to that mute button is uh, add in a bit of heroin to it, like a heroin drip. And then every time you hit it, it uh, adds a little bit more heroin into your system. And that way, the button can not only mute your hacking and coughing, but it can make you feel better at the same time. Are you sure that's the right thing to make me feel better? I'm not so sure about that. Heroin? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if you say so. It, it, yeah, you definitely, basically, you could take heroin and then do self-surgery on your foot. And you probably wouldn't know. So, yeah, you could feel better. I'm not it's, taking care It's of absolutely the wrong thing to do, but uh, you would feel better. Okay. Well, I'll I'll just, I've decided to suffer a little bit rather than take the heroin. So no heroin yeah. for me. Maybe, I do that every day. <laughs> maybe, you know, an Advil cold and sinus or something like that, mm. but we'll have to see how that goes. Anyways, um, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit off the rails for me. I know... Once we wrapped up the first half of season nine there, I, I said we'd take a week off and then come back with another podcast. And it took a little longer than that, I must admit, to get back around into the studio here. Uh, but here we are. Apologize for the delay. And, you know, we're going to do a podcast just as we move into the Christmas break. And most of what we're going to do today is get caught up on some of the latest news around The Walking Dead and the universe that they've created. Um, but first, Jason, I want to ask you if you've been doing anything lately. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, who was it that wrote in a little while ago that uh, that reminded us, reminded me that uh, I made a promise because of the last actor spotlight that we did uh, that I actually failed to do my homework. So, yeah, a little bit of background information here. The, the listener was, I think it was Lee in St. Catharines who said he's going to be that dick that reminds you about this. Yeah. So thank you for being that dick, Lee. And, uh, but, but to go back a step, we, we used to do these things on the podcast here called actor spotlights, or that's what we called them, where we, we would take an actor from the walking dead and watch some of their other material, movies, TV shows, whatever, and just see the kind of things they'd been doing, you know, before, in some cases, after they were on The Walking Dead TV show. It was pretty fun, and I say we used to do them. That's not to say we won't ever do one again. In fact, uh, I was I was thinking about it recently, maybe, maybe doing another actor spotlight. I just haven't decided who yet. Um, yeah. But we did one on Jeffrey Dean Morgan. We did. And we watched a few of his early film appearances, including a softcore porn that he made, which was fun. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, and a movie called The Accidental Husband, which I watched, yeah. but... Yeah, I seem to have forgotten about it or missed it. Uh, I guess that week was particularly hectic and my brain was particularly stupid. So I failed to watch it. And to make up for it, I said that I would watch it five times. Uh, and I never did until uh, Lee and St. Catharines reminded us that, uh, hey, dumbass, you promised to watch this movie five times and you never did. You never made good on your promise. Well, I'm here to say that I've made good. Yesterday and today, I watched that movie five times in a row. That is... Uh, I, a full five times from the opening scene, the opening shot, till the end of the credits. I didn't just watch it and then cut it on the credits going, okay, I've seen it. Or when it cuts to the last scene, just cut it out and just say, I've seen it. I actually watched right to the end of the credits. I grabbed the scrubber thing on the iTunes. I rented it on iTunes and I dragged that thing right back to the first scene and just started it right over. That's amazing. Five times in a row. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. for all of us, I'm not it's so sure. It's a weird experience. I don't, I've, I've seen movies multiple times. I've watched television shows many times over, uh, but there's usually a gap in between. It's like, oh, you know what? I feel like watching that again. And I would go back and watch it. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this, where I just kind of rewatched something. And it's kind of a strange experience. Uh, it, it's kind of weird. And I don't even, it kind of goes into the realm of comforting. Even though the movie itself is terrible. It's an absolutely terrible movie. Directed DVD. It was released in Europe at some point. I did a bit of research on this too. It was released in Europe and then they were going to release it in North America and the distrib distribu distributor went bankrupt and they just went, yeah, fuck it. And they released it directly to DVD. So it never saw a theatrical release in North America. And this movie is absolutely terrible. It is the worst. <laughs> I've seen Uma Thurman in a lot of movies. This is the worst she's ever done. This is the worst movie. Uh, her performance is completely inconsistent. Uh, and watching a movie five times in a row, you can really tell that the character at the beginning of a movie is different than the one at the end of the movie. Because you're going right from the end of the movie right to the back to the beginning. It's like, yeah, that's not what she's like. <laughs> uh, so uh, this movie is absolutely hor horrendous. It's... Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is probably the best thing in this movie. It's at least his perform his accent, his Brooklyn accent, his Queens accent, excuse me, set in Queens, uh, is not consistent, but he's probably out of all the crap in this movie, he's the best piece of crap in it. I can tell you. <laughs> right now. I'm sure he'd be delighted to hear that. Yeah, I'm sure he knows. And uh what else can I say about this movie? I it I would like to Pick the brain of a prosecutor of some time, some kind, just to see how many different crimes were committed in this movie. Do you remember the movie at all? Like you've seen it? Yeah, I did. I watched it the one time for the spotlight, and I remember little bits here and there about it. Um, I'd have to go back and check my notes, honestly, or watch it again to really bring okay. it back to the forefront. So, uh, Uma Thurman is a radio host where she talks to. Uh, uh, people about relationships, and he talks uh, Jeffrey Dean's Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's fiance, out of marrying him. She wasn't sure; she was on the fence, and she just. And Uma Thurman on the radio said, "You know, do what's in your heart, and your heart's. It sounds like you don't want to marry him." So she, she breaks up the marriage. Jeffrey Dean Morgan gets his uh, 
uh, a friend of his that lives in the building that is only like 16 or 15 years old. And he goes into this kid's bedroom uh, through the window and lies on his bed while the kid's on the computer. And the, the kid hacks into the New York system and makes Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Uma Thurman married, like through the, uh, the form, the online marriage certificate. So now they're married. Right. And it fucks up Uma Thurman's life. And Jeffrey D. Morgan is trying to get back at her. She shows up at a bar that he's at. She gets rip roaring, passed out, blacked out, drunk in front of the entire bar. And everybody's participating this in this. Once she passes out, he picks her up and takes her home. Mm-hmm. And the whole bar is like, yeah, that seems like a you know perfectly fine thing to do. He's a fireman. That's got to be illegal, right? Well, it's wait a be minute. At least kidnapping, uh, assault. I mean, is he is he helping her get home safely? And no, he takes her to his home. Oh, like he takes her home. He like puts her over his shoulder. Has no idea who she is. Uh, the whole bar is there while she's getting smashed, fucking drunk, and he just takes her to his home, lies her in his bed, doesn't do anything. Perfect gentleman, still kidnapping, right? Sure, I remember the bar scene, and I remember having some unusual feelings about it. That's for sure. I think I talked about it even. Um, yeah. But it's, again, it's not really in the forefront of my mind right now, but uh, that does sound potentially a little bit creepy. If you yeah. took her to her place somehow um, and, and you know, got her home safely, maybe slightly less creepy. Yeah. But I mean, we've all done that. Sure. Right? Help somebody drunk. You know, I remember having, uh, you know, really good friends that were completely blasted out of their mind, puking all over me. I take them home in a cab. <laughs> Put them in their bed. Right. And then and get then in. And then pass out on the floor. Right? Because oh, that's exactly what I did. I was going to say get in bed beside them, but pass out on no, the floor. No. Fair enough. <laughs> I, no, I slept on the floor. In the tub sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I washed up a bit because she puked all over me. Naturally. She was in, uh, I'm not going to name names here, but uh, you know her. She was in my wedding party. Fair enough. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah. Look, just crime after crime. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is trying to get back at Uma Thurman and they fall in love and she make, uh, he makes her break up with, uh, Colin Firth, uh, which is, you know, a good thing because at least Colin Firth didn't have to kiss anybody. He's a horrible kisser. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely horrible. The time I, mean, I kissed him, it was terrible. Yeah. So don't, you know, movies he's in where he has to kiss somebody, Bridget Jones diary, that kind of stuff. It's, it's laughable, but at least in this movie, he didn't have to kiss anybody. So it was okay. All right. Yeah, the only other good thing in this movie was Isabella Rossellini was completely misused and in it for only about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, that's that's a bad thing. You like her, right? Everybody does. Yeah, everybody does, of course. So it's nice to see her in a movie, but Jesus, put her in a movie for a little bit more. Like, if you're going to put her in a movie, make her at least a co-star, not a bit part. <laughs> right. Crying out loud. Good plan. But ultimately, Jason, the important thing here is you watch this movie five times, back to back to back to back to back. As promised. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you've now made good on your um, your uh, your uh, crime of not watching it when, when we did the actor spotlight. Yeah, that's right. And I'll never have to watch it again. And I might even miss it a little bit because it was in, you know, on my TV for a long time. Yeah. By the time I watch a movie five times, it's one of my personal classics, right? Of course it is. If you watch anything that much, it's bound to end up being a favorite. Yeah. So now it's, it feels weird because okay. it's stuck in that kind of, I've watched this five times. Therefore my brain is thinking I must like this movie. I don't like this movie. Well, you know, maybe next December, what, 17th and 18th of 2019, you can do this all over again and, and see if you see how you feel then. Uh, I don't want to. Okay. Good idea. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, that's Jason's experience watching The Accidental Husband five times, starring Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan. If you have uh, any questions, let me know, because uh, I think I got a pretty good handle on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably do. That's good. Uh, okay. Well, that's amazing. That is only very loosely related to The Walking Dead. So why don't we get into the news? Now, how do you feel about that? Sure. The Walking Dead News. All right. So there's been a, a fair bit of news recently. Not all of it is uh, related directly to, you know, season nine or anything like that. But we're going to go through some of it here. And the first item, Jason, is something that has been ongoing for a long time in the Walking Dead universe. And there's been some new developments and if you can't figure it out, that is, of course, Frank Darabont's lawsuit against AMC. Right. Have we made movement or is it over? No, it's definitely not over. And in fact, it's probably not even close to being finished at this point. Lawsuits are never over. No, they. it feels like it sometimes. I wouldn't be surprised if this lawsuit outlives the TV show at this point. Oh, God, yeah. You know? Oh, hell, it's one of those things where uh, Frank Darabont's going to be retired and like on his ranch and it's like, Oh, that got settled. What did I get? Oh, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And then keels over. <laughs> yeah. If, if not, if that doesn't happen before it's even settled, right. And his grandchildren are, are on the hook for this or reaping the benefits of it, depending on which way it goes. You got to wonder if doing, if you, if you know, participating in a lawsuit like this, the, the goal is not to achieve the goal of the lawsuit to get the money, to get uh, compensated for whatever you're getting compensated. You got to wonder if the goal is not to just cause somebody pain, like just stick it to them, you know, make it a, I'm just going to make it a pain in the, in your ass for years. And that's the goal of the lawsuit. Well, I guess so. But I mean, I'm sure people who file lawsuits, the plaintiff is looking for the, the money or whatever it is that they're asking for in the lawsuit. Right. But Probably a little bit of it is just causing a pain in the ass for everyone involved. I don't know. <laughs> but um, from Hollywood Reporter, we get information that, in fact, the lawsuit is going to be heading to trial. Oh. Right? So there isn't just more, there isn't a settlement, there isn't just more deliberating or anything like that. From the Hollywood Reporter uh, article, it says... Walking Dead creator Frank Darabont will head to trial against AMC in a massive lawsuit over the mega-hit zombie series after a New York judge largely denied summary judgment motions. The decision represents somewhat of a favorable development for AMC, which is alleged to have cheated profit participants through self-dealing agreements and underhanded accounting. The judge in the case denied Darabont's bid to declare that when AMC imputes license fees, it must be fair market value. It goes on to say Judge uh, Eileen Branston writes, quote, the court, the court concludes that the agreement is susceptible to the interpretation urged by both parties in regard to whether the affiliate transaction provision applies to the imputed license fees and is therefore ambiguous. So, wow. did you get that? I did not. No, I'm not I'm surprised. I'm usually pretty good at that kind of shit, but read that again. <laughs> well. Can you? Uh, barely. But what's happening here is that, first of all, there are a lot of details that I don't understand. It's a fairly lengthy article. It gets into some of the sort of more legalese details of all this. But from what I can tell, this judge has decided that the agreement in place is 
ambiguous at best, and that they will be headed for a trial so that it can be interpreted by a jury. And right. so get a bunch of people involved that have to learn a bunch of stuff. Right. So that they can, that's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. Absolutely. Um, but if, you know, the important stuff, just to remind people, is that, well, first of all, the lawsuit currently is is for $280 million. That's what Darabont is asking for. And he's saying he's owed uh, a lot more money in profit sharing from the series than he's currently getting because AMC is using these creative accounting techniques to sort of lower the money or the profit generated by each episode of the show. Right. Um, because, you know, they are both the producer and the distributor of it and stuff like that. So they can sell it to themselves for uh, way undervalued, uh, a way undervalued amount based on the market share. Right. Uh, and that's how Frank Darabont was getting paid was on that value. Right. Was that, that transfer of funds he was getting a percentage of. So if that value was really, really low because of, you know, the handshake agreements between yourself, mm-hmm. then uh, he's not getting enough money. It's like, no, no, it's got to be fair market value. You have to declare it to be an actual real value. That way I can get a real percentage, you dumbasses. Right. But the judge has decided that whatever agreement there is in place is ambiguous enough with in regards to that that there is no obvious um, uh, obvious decision one's for one side or the other. Right. So when they drew up the agreement, nobody thought, hey, we better make uh, checks and balances on this particular point on what that market value was. So the judge is saying we can't really, you know, lean on, we can't really decide on an individual because this is a confusing disaster. I don't know why you people signed it. <laughs> right. So we got to figure this shit out. P- pretty much. Yeah. So they're going to go to an actual trial to get this all figured out. Um, and that will take probably years as you've said, and as everybody has speculated. So in the ongoing saga of Frank Darabont versus AMC, we feel, I feel like we're no closer really to a resolution at this point, except that, we have made the decision that there's going to be a trial, which is a new development. Right. So there you go. I wouldn't uh, mind being a juror on that trial. That'd be kind of interesting in a really boring way. Absolutely. I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this lawsuit was originally filed after Frank was removed from the show, which would have been after season one, right? So it's been ongoing for about eight years now. And I wouldn't be surprised if we have another five to eight years ahead of us for this. Yep. So good times. So it's Frank Darabont's retirement plan is what this is. Could be. Yeah, it could be. Hundred and what'd you say? Two hundred and eighty million dollars? Two hundred and eighty million. Yeah, that's a retirement plan right there. It's pretty solid. I'd take that. Yeah. I'd do it. I'd probably take half of that. I'd take a deal. It's like you want to pay me a hundred million dollars? Fine. Like, you know what? Fine. I'll, Forty million? Fine. Today'll be my last day. Do it. Yeah, I don't care. I'll <laughs> sign right now. $40 million, you know, one quarter, one eighth, whatever the hell it is, $20 million. Do I hear 10? I'd take 10. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody is out there with $10 million for Jason to retire from his job. Yeah, I'll take it. He'll take it. I'll sign it right now. And if the, if the lawsuit does outlast the show and therefore likely outlast this podcast, we're going to have to come back someday, Jason, to do one final episode when it's yeah. all wrapped and said and done about what happened. 
Well, that's the thing, is that we started this podcast without even knowing that there was going to be a show. So we'll finish the podcast long after the show is way over and there's there's still news about it. Like, while it's still dragging on, we'll we'll come on and we'll talk about this being syndicated in, in secondary markets uh, over in, uh, you know, Eastern Europe or something. <laughs> or anywhere, that's right. <laughs> translated into uh, Greek. It's probably translated into Greek already, but... Uh, some other obscure language. <laughs> like Greek? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all Greek to me. <laughs> yeah. Right? But yes. it's, uh, you know, there's obscure languages out there that things don't get uh, translated into on a regular basis. I think this show might happen. It might happen in years to come and maybe we'll report on it. Who knows? Well, I wouldn't be too shocked if we did. Anyways, that's the update on the Darabont versus AMC lawsuit. Now, speaking of around the world, Jason... The, the Walking Dead has announced that there's going to be a new novel released, but there's a twist here because this novel is going to take place in China. Oh yeah. So The Walking Dead is expanding outside of North America, not quite for the first time, but for the first time in a real serious way. And we're going to China. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I was just thinking about China. And how and how the zombie apocalypse would affect them? Uh, no, I was thinking about Yi Yuan and Yi Zhao or whatever it is. I found an old bag of coins from when I was over in China and uh, I have some Chinese coins. Oh, interesting. Actually, some notes as well. So I was looking at them earlier today. I was just thinking about China. I was like, oh, this is actual money made out of aluminum coins. That's cool. There's some aluminum coins, which is, feels really weird, but are they very, they are. are they very light? Aluminum is light. They're very light. It's like you can hold a lot of them in your pocket and not even know they're there. You can. I, I did a, a currency conversion. Uh, they're worth about two cents Canadian each. Oh, good. Well, you're not getting rich off that stuff. <laughs> no, I've got nine of them. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, so I would read that novel. Who's writing it? Is it, uh, uh, what's his eyebrows? Jay Singer. no, it is not. Um, so Skybound Books is going to publish this new novel, and it's called The Walking Dead Typhoon. Sorry, The Walking Dead colon typhoon just so we're clear it's not yeah. a, it's not a colon typhoon it's just colon typhoon aren't they all <laughs> it is going to be written by wesley chu who is an author of such books that i don't know but one called time salvager and the lives of Dao. and it is going to be released sometime before 2020 is what i have in terms of information here uh so sometime next year in 2019 Huh. As I, I look, said, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> what I was going to say was, I'm looking forward to this. Well, good. But I am. I am looking for. I would like to read this. Yeah. Um. As I said, it's not being written by Jay Bon and Singa. Uh. It's being published by Skydown Skybound Books, which is probably a new offshoot of Robert Kirkman's Skybound Company, uh, because the the Jay Bon and Singa books were published by Thomas Dunn Books. So. Right. They've, I guess, Skybound has decided to become a book publisher here. Now, Sean Makowitz, who is the senior vice president and editor-in-chief of Skybound Entertainment, said this, Our goal at Skybound Books has been to give novelists the same creative platform and freedom to tell engaging genre stories that we already have in place across comics, film, television, and games. Plus, after 15 years, we're about to answer one of the biggest questions the Walking Dead fans have had since the beginning. What's happening in the rest of the world? 
that we can expand the Walking Dead universe with talented authors like Wesley Chu will allow walkers to truly become an even greater global phenomenon than ever before. So that's exciting. Wow. <laughs> right? That's very exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's good. We have read all of the Walking Dead novels so far, uh, all the Jay Bon and Singo ones, the Governor series and and the Lily Call series that followed. So we're going to have to continue that trend, I think, and uh, and keep up keep up with this novel. I think when it comes out. Yep, absolutely cool. Uh, Robert Kirkman also had this to say about it. And he's talking about going international. He said, quote, something we've discussed from time to time. We have seen a bit in, of Mexico and Fear the Walking Dead, but I don't really plan to expand things in the comic side of things ever. For live action, however, I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually do something internationally in the TV space. So I thought that was a really interesting quote because, you know, he's being asked about the book and he says, I'm never going to go, you know, in, international in the comics but I might on TV. So yeah, all lies. Huh? All lies. Well, no, I mean, maybe, but does it also mean we might get, you know, additional Walking Dead TV shows that take place outside of the United States? We absolutely could. There's no reason why that couldn't happen. There's no plans for it. There's no, like, it's only, it's just, you know, random neurons firing inside his mind, right? I don't so, know, man. I, but then again, The Walking Dead itself, it was random neurons firing inside his mind. So who knows what reality might, uh, you know, come out of this. Well, I have a feeling that it's probably more than just random neurons. I think it's, I think there are likely, at the very least, discussions taking place inside Skybound and with AMC and potentially with with other uh, producers. You never know. Uh, because Kirkman does have a deal with Amazon, too, and he's developing other shows with Amazon. I don't know if he's allowed to take Walking Dead away from AMC. Probably not. Right. Um, but according to some of the things that Gimple said not too long ago, that, you know, he is now the overseer of the entire Walking Dead universe, and at least in the TV world. And so he, you know, he might be working with Kirkman on new shows, new miniseries. We know they're doing movies with Andy Lincoln. Yep. Um, we could get Walking Dead UK or Walking Dead China or Walking Dead Brazil. Who knows? And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if any of those things came to pass. That's uh, that's true. But I wouldn't mind an Egyptian Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead. Zombies amongst... and mummies all wrapped together in one fantastic story. I think it'd be great. Yeah, why not? Throw in some mummies. What could possibly go wrong? Because mummies are just zombies, right? Um, I guess so, yeah. They're basically the same thing. They're basically the same. It's just they've had all their organs previously removed. Do they? Do mummies count as the undead? Yeah, they, they're undead. Zombies, mummies, skeletons, they're all undead, right? Vampires, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Vampires undead. Okay, good. Well, then Lich. any... Lich any, is undead, but, you know, we haven't really had TV shows about liches. We've had vampires and... Uh, not so much mummies anymore, right? There's um, the mummy. That was a movie that uh, Tom Cruise did that uh, completely bombed. Well, he did the most recent one. Weren't there three or four of them before the Tom Cruise one? Yeah, those were kind of campy, stupid things. Uh, the first one was, you know, kind of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, but after that, they kind of went really weird. And they, they dove into the Uncanny Valley and, you know, broke their noses pretty hard. 
uh, on uh, that there was some kind of weird spider guy that was so fake looking. It was kind of comical and sad all at the same time. But yes, they made a bunch of mummy movies, and then Tom Cruise. They were. Did you see the movie Mummy? No, I didn't. I haven't you, seen any of them. Oh, okay. Well, uh, watch some of them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. That's yeah. a good idea. Well, the mummy was supposed to be the start of a new, uh, you know, universe with Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and the mummy, and there was going to be a Dracula or whatever it was. But uh, they were going to spin off a whole bunch of movies. I don't think that that's happening because the mummy sucked hard. Mm, right, that's right, that's right. I you never know. I bet it's Tom Cruise movie, so it probably still made decent money. You'd think that Tom Cruise would know better than to make. I mean, the last Mission Impossible was awesome. He should stick with those, man. That's what he seems to be really awesome at. Yeah, that's it. You know, just run for a while and yell really loud and then jump off something high and possibly break a leg or something. And you're fine. He knows what he's doing. basically Jackie Chan. (laughs) Yeah, well, why not shoot a gun once in a while? He knows what he's doing. Uh, Anyways, so The Walking Dead could expand internationally. And the first step there is this new book. The Walking Dead, colon, Typhoon, written by Wesley Chu, coming out sometime in 2019. I look forward to reading it. That's pretty soon. It is as soon. As you know, developing content and releasing it, that's 2019. That's, that's like two weeks away. Yeah, but it could be next Christmas, right? Well, no, I understand that, but it's two weeks to a year and two weeks, right? But that's that's still a very short time period. Yeah, no. I mean, that guy, uh, what's his name, has got to be frigging knee-deep into the into the writing process right now to be able to meet that kind of deadline. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Maybe they made this deal like six months ago and they're just announcing it now, you know? Who knows? Or maybe maybe the book's done. They're just, you know, going through it and making sure that all the punctuation is there. It could be, you know? I mean, that's... I don't know that this was the case when Jay Bonansinga started writing the Walking Dead novels, but... Having gotten to know him a little bit over the years at Walker Stalkers and stuff, I did a panel with him on uh, the second last book, I think, when it was released. And talking to him, I said, so we got one more? And he said, yeah, I've basically finished it already. We just, it'll come out next year kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, he was ahead of schedule writing those things. This being the first one in a new series, might that might not be the case. Or maybe it is. Might be almost done. Maybe yeah. it'll come out January 1st. <laughs> might be the first draft. It's like, okay. Let's take the first and the seventh chapter and we'll merge these seven characters into one person and then, uh, you know, just work that up. That's how books work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you send it back to the writer and then it's like a note's like, what? You want me to take this whole host of characters and merge them into one little girl? What? Do you, how, what? What? And All then, right. And then kill her off because that's what yeah. they do. You have the money. I have the typewriter. Let's go. <laughs> let's do it. All right. Let's move on to the next thing here. AMC, they have decided that they're going to start offering studio tours, Jason, of The Walking Dead studio down in Georgia. Cool. Don't so, they do most of their stuff outside? Uh, they do. But so the way this works is um, Riverwood Studios, which is where they've been filming the show for a long time, um, which they've recently purchased. I think we reported on that last year that AMC bought the studio that they were working on down there. So right. it's going to be used for Walking Dead moving forward, as well as probably other things that they're producing. But the way it works is Riverwood Studios owns a bunch of land. So they have indoor studios, and they can also shoot on the land that they own. For example, the clearing where Negan killed Abe and Glenn is just part of the forest 
on the land that Riverwood Studios owns, which is why nobody's ever really been able to go and kind of, you know, do the whole like Walking Dead tourism thing on that particular location because it's on private property. Right. But um, AMC, I guess they own the studio now and they've decided that they're going to start offering their own tours of that area. So um, according to um, deadentertainment.com, where I read about this, although it was widely reported all over the internet, they will be offering these tours during the off season when they're not filming, which makes sense. I mean, they're not going to bring, bring people around while they're there shooting. And uh, you can find out more at thewalkingdeadstudiotour.com. Now, from that website, here's a couple of bit of information. It says, you and your fellow survivors will board a bus for an exclusive two-hour behind-the-scenes look at the most iconic sets from AMC's The Walking Dead. A guide who is steeped in the lore of the show will lead you through the Riverwood uh, stages and back lot. From there, you'll travel to see the world within the walls of Alexandria, the community that has been the home of Rick Grimes and his family and friends. And the tour then goes through Sonoy, the site of Woodbury, home of the governor. And for the first time ever, you'll, you will be able to see the places where your heroes have lived and died. <laughs> so there you go. Two hours. That sounds cool. Yeah, absolutely. And they bus you around. Um, the list of locations that you actually get to go to are Alexandria, which as we already know, is just a kind of sectioned off um, neighborhood within Sonoy, Georgia. So you can sort of go there already. You can go to Sonoy, but you can't get into the, the walled off area. Right. Um, although on the tour, you'll be taken in, I think. You go to the Heaps, which is Jadis's old junkyard. So that's kind of cool. You go to the Walker infested pond. Do you remember this? This is where Rick and Aaron went across some water to retrieve some supplies from a houseboat that was stuck in there. Yes. A few seasons ago. So you get to go to that. You get to go to what they're calling the Glen and Abraham Memorial site. And that's the clearing where Negan bashed their brains in. You get to go to Hilltop, Oceanside and the sanctuary. So pretty, pretty good. It sounds like a pretty solid tour. And I must admit, Next time, if I'm down in Georgia again, I might consider doing this just to experience it. I would it. consider that as well. That sounds fantastic. At least it's not on a boat. If it was on a boat, we got a Gilligan's Island situation going on there, right? Right. A three-hour tour or a two-hour tour. Right, right. You don't want to get lost on a on a boat in Georgia. Yeah. Well, not, not in Georgia, but, you know, if it was on a boat in Hawaii, if it was set in Hawaii, if it was a lost tour by boat that was a three-hour tour, I wouldn't get on that boat. I would <laughs> No way. Chances are you're Gilligan's not, probably on that boat. You're not coming back, chances are, yeah. I'd get on a bus for two hours. Well, there you go. I've been on a bus for two hours already. Probably a lot more than that once in a while, too. Yeah. So anyways, I've been down to Sonoy, Georgia like three times, and uh, next time, if I go again, I'm going to take this tour, and I guess we'll report back on it if we ever do that. So sounds it fun. It probably has an announcer, too, right? It's not just sit on a bus and drive around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I probably said, got some dude or, or woman going, hey, this is where the thing happened, and the stuff is right there. And yep. uh, if you look out the left of your bus, you can see sparkling lights, and those sparkling lights represent the souls of zombies gone and blah, blah, blah. Right. Probably a little more realistic than that. Of course. It said there's a guide who's steeped in the lore of the show will lead you through all this stuff. So you definitely get that uh, information. The price, just in case anyone is wondering, if you are 12 or over, which is considered an adult. (laughs) I don't know in what world that's an adult, but anyways. Well, you know, having a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, that's around that age. 
That's you know, true. That makes you a man and a, or a woman. So uh, that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Twelve and over, sixty-five bucks. Uh, wow. Under twelve, forty-five. Wow. So bring but your. But who is going to take a, somebody who's ten years old on a zombie tour? Um, I'd take my kids. If they really? Were, if they were with me, absolutely. I mean, I can't leave them alone and go on the tour and say, see you guys. <laughs> Back in two hours. Yeah, yeah. Just sit on know? this bench. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an iPad. Well, that would probably work, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, horrible parenting, but it would might work. It might. They they might still be there when you get back. Right. Wonderful. Well, I'm not really <laughs> willing to risk that, so I'd just, yeah. <laughs> I'd just pay the 45 bucks and take them. Uh, anyways, thewalkingdeadstudiotour.com for info and tickets. And if you've been on the tour, send us an email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com and, and let us know how it went. I'd be interested to hear hear about the kind of things you learned and just if it was a worthy tour. If you announce the tour, give us a call. Give us a sample of the kind of information that you uh, give to the uh, to the tour tourees. Actually, if you are a tour guide, we would love That's to hear the word. from you. That's the word. Yeah. Tour guide. Tour guide. <laughs> Not announcer. Right. I'd, we'd love to hear from you. Just, to, to, you know, tell us a little bit more about it and maybe what it's uh, like delivering these tours. So, yeah. Okay. Moving along. Angela Kang, you know her. She's the showrunner of the I show right her. now, of course. She still has the back half of season nine to, uh, I don't know, promote, because it's done, of course, by now. It hasn't aired yet to promote it. But she said in an interview talking about season 10 that she said it's underway, obviously. And here's a couple of things I pulled out. Um, I also realized that technically The Walking Dead hasn't been renewed for season 10 yet. Although I suppose there is no reason to believe it won't be. And I'm sure internally it's probably been renewed. But as far as we know, it might not be coming back for season 10. Uh, But Angela Kang told comicbook.com, yeah, we're trying to get a little bit of a jump on it. So after I do this round of press calls today, I'm actually going to jump back in with a couple of my senior writers and we're going to talk about some stuff just because we want to get a head start on things. But it's sort of like the process never ends on our side of it because it takes about a year and a half to make a season of the show. But we always air about the same time every year. So there's always about, you know, a half year of overlap. Yep. So they're working on it. Year and a half to produce one season of the show. 16 episodes, a year and a half of work that includes writing, filming, editing. And I would imagine some of the sort of promotion work that they're doing this time of year. Just the thought of the amount of work that goes into producing a season of a television show, especially one like this, just the thought of it exhausts me. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, my job is exhausting enough, and it's, uh, you know, it doesn't take that long to produce something. I've been working on a project for almost a year, and I'm exhausted. I'm tired of it. I don't (laughs) want to do it anymore. You know, know, if I was a showrunner, this would be like, this be your whole life. I guess you have to love it. In order to get to that level, you have to love it. I think you probably do. And and I really think Angela Kang does love it. This seems like the perfect fit for her because so far she's done a bang up job. Uh, but anyways, they're working on season 10 and I'm sure sometime over the next few months as season nine continues, we'll get the official word that it's coming back for 10. But Obviously, they got to keep working on it or they won't be ready in time when it does get renewed. 
Yep. Uh, now, in the same interview, she was asked about Lauren Cohan and Maggie's character and what's going on there. And uh, I guess this could be considered a tiny bit spoilery, but not really. It's public knowledge that uh, they want her back for season 10. But anyways, Angela Kang said, Lauren and I have been texting about some things and we're hopefully going to schedule a conversation. But Georgie's group is definitely out there in the world doing stuff. And I have some notion of what they're up to. They may also be part of the universe in general. That's really up to Scott Gimple, but we'll see how it all plays out. So A, she wants Maggie back for season 10. Yep. B, B, Georgie's group is out there in the Walking Dead universe doing stuff, and she has an idea of what that stuff is. So it could factor into this plot line for this show. Or... They're part of the universe in general, which means that Georgie's group could show up in other shows, be it existing ones or potentially new ones that haven't been greenlit yet. Right. That could take place in China. That could, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. All kinds of options there is, is what Angela is saying. Yeah, it could overlap with the movies that uh, they're doing with Andrew Lincoln. I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if that's the case. Yeah. So there you go. All right, uh, some Stephen Yun news now, Jason. He hasn't been on The Walking Dead in a little while, but I wanted to report on this because it excites me greatly, and that is that Stephen Yun has been cast in Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone series, upcoming Twilight Zone oh. series. Yeah. So do you know who Jordan Peele is? No. <laughs> I know what Twilight Zone is. Okay, that's good. It's 50% of the battle right there. Um, Jordan Peele is the Oscar winning director of last year's Get Out. Did you ever see Get Out? I did not. You have told me to. Oh. But I have not. Okay. Exactly. Right. It's a, it's a fan. I have it. I own it. I'm, it's on my queue. I had, uh, I had a movie that I needed to watch over the last couple of days, five times. Sure. Now that enough. my queue has cleared up and I'm free to watch other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's got a chance. Okay, well, bump it to the top of the list because it's a great movie. If anyone out there hasn't seen it, it's it's mostly fantastic. There's a couple things about it that bothered me a little bit, but mostly fantastic is still pretty good. Um, but he, Jordan Peele, the director of that movie, is rebooting The Twilight Zone for broadcast sometime in 2019. And it is going to be an anthology series just like the original Twilight Zone where each episode is a self-contained story. And Stephen Yun has been cast in one of them, which will be called The Traveler. So ah. very, very cool. I am super pumped about this. As anyone who's been listening for a long time knows, I'm a massive Twilight Zone fan. I want to watch anything and everything that's Twilight Zone. And Jordan Peele has my full support. Uh, you know, Get Out was fantastic. And... I'm really looking forward to what he might do with the Twilight Zone and what he could bring to it. Well, Twilight Zone's sort of like the Black Mirror, right? Or Black Mirror. Yeah, there I there's certainly similarities between those two shows. Yeah. I've seen some of the original series, uh but you know, I'm not nearly as big a fan of them as you are. Yeah, fair enough. Not as I mean, Twilight Zone has lots of big fans. Um but I've been watching it. It's one of the first things I ever watched on TV when I bought my own my very own first TV. It was like a nine inch, tiny little 10 inch CRT TV. When I got my first job at 15, I saved up nice. a bit of money, bought a tiny little TV for my room. I wish I still had that thing, but, um, 
I, I, I turned it on one night and flipped channels and came across uh, this black and white show, which I just left on, started watching, and it totally drew me in. Loved it. Never looked back. Yeah. I still remember the first time, the first TV I ever bought. Mm-hmm. You know what You know what happened? No. I put it in the back of your car. Oh, that was the first TV you ever bought? That was the first, every TV that I've ever had before that was either a hand-me-down or not mine. So that was the first TV I ever bought was, yeah, you were there. We took it out of the box. It was this big, ugly CRT, took it out of the box and just barely fit it in the back of the car to get it home. Yeah. Just barely, like just barely. Those were good times. Yeah. (laughs) That was awesome. Yeah, that was my first TV. Didn't destroy it, didn't drop it. It got home safely. Where, where is it now? I'm trying to think. It's not in your house. No, I dropped it off at the uh, recycling center for electronics. Ah. There you I, go. I, yeah, I I had it here in this house when we moved in. I'm like, I got to get rid of this thing. It's big. It's stupid. It's <laughs> too heavy. It's uh, doesn't have nearly the resolution that I need in uh-huh. my life nowadays. So I brought it to the recycling center and dropped it off. That's good of you. That's nice. Must have been tough to get rid of that first TV. Not really. It was a pain in the ass. It was huge. It was ugly. Well, it didn't have enough resolution. <laughs> I'm I moved of, on. I'm I didn't. Uh, I didn't you know, personify the thing. I didn't, uh, it did not have a, uh, its own personality. I just got rid of it. You should have phoned me to like help carry it out of your house. It would have been, you can help me get rid of this, uh, this treadmill that I have down here. It weighs like a thousand pounds. Oh, no thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Come on over. (laughs) (laughs) And it's enormous, right? It's absolutely massive. It's not like one of these new compact treadmills because if that was the case, I might take it off your hands, but I don't want a huge one. No, it's absolutely massive. Like, uh, two professional movers had a hard time getting it down here. Holy shit. All right. Forget that, man. Yeah. It lives here now. It, it's going to be here when the house gets torn down. Someday. I'm sure of it. Okay. Uh, I don't know when the Stephen uh, Yun Twilight Zone is going to be on the air, but damn, I look forward to that. And damn, it makes me want to do a Twilight Zone podcast. Right. Something I've been in the back of my mind for years now. And the fact that it's coming back just brings it up, brings it up to the front again. I'll have to think I, about that I am more. somewhat looking forward to it. I am more excited about your excitement about the Twilight Zone television. Oh, good. That's exciting <laughs> for me. Yeah. So That's you're it. excited about my, you know, tepid excitement about your excitement. That's, that's super weird and nice. And sometimes how it works. Yeah. All right. One more thing before we have a couple of spoilery type things. Um, and that is that Telltales, or formerly Telltales The Walking Dead, the final season is... Coming back in January. So as we know, Telltale went belly up earlier this year and the Walking Dead game was canceled for a short time. But Skybound Games, another offshoot of Skybound, of course, came in to save the day and picked up the game where they left it off and decided to finish it. Well, they've announced that episode three of the final season will be released on January 15th. So it's coming up soon. That is good. That's good. That's good. So um, there's probably more information. There's a trailer out there for it and stuff. Uh, But unfortunately, I do not have, well, unless it comes out on the Mac, but I don't have a console platform that I can play this on until I bite the bullet and buy an Xbox One. Um, So I would like to do that someday. But for those of you that are ready and waiting for it, it comes out January 15th, which is is soon. So I'm excited for you folks for that. And uh, yeah. Again, I can play it. I now have the capability of playing such a game. On what? My computer. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't know all the platforms it gets released for, but 
that PC is one of them, right? Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe you should play it and let me know how it is and convince me to buy something to play it on. That That's a good idea. You can come over and play it on my computer if you want. <laughs> right after we carry that treadmill out? We'll have a play date. Yeah, come on over. No oh. treadmill involved. Wink, wink. <laughs> good. We're just here to play some video games. No problem. <laughs> yeah, you can help me with my Lego project too. Uh, sure. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, all right. So looking forward to that. Uh, now here are the, I've got two more news items, Jason. Both of them, in my opinion, are a little bit spoilery for the second half of season nine. So if you don't want to hear them, now would be a good time to turn the podcast off, uh, and, and not listen because there are vague plot details in here for the second half of the season. So if you're going to go, uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Have a great holiday, and we will be back in the new year with new podcasts. Thinking of doing an actor spotlight, so we'll figure that out. Tune in for that. Um, and basically, thanks for listening. Now, the rest of you who are going to stick around, I've got two items here. The first one is that, you know Tom Payne? He plays Jesus? I do, yes. Well, apparently he isn't quite done with The Walking Dead yet. Oh, so he's not dead. Are they going to do a flashback? Yeah, he's dead, and they're going to do a flashback. Okay. He was interviewed at Walker Stalker Con not too long ago, and he said, there's a six-year time jump in which a lot of stuff happened, and there's those mysterious marks on Michonne and Daryl. All of these things, which could be explained, uh, and Jesus may have a hand in some of that. So, Oh, which Jesus are they talking about? Now they're getting a little bit ambiguous. Oh, a little bit, but I think he was talking about himself. So we're going to see, we are likely going to see Jesus in the flashback explanation of those big X scars on Daryl and Michonne. Yeah. Or they're going to find religion. Uh, Come on. No, it's going to be Jesus. It's going to be. Well, either way. But yes, it'd probably be the character Jesus rather than, you know, the Lord and Savior. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you were bummed about having no more Jesus slash Tom Payne on the show, that's probably going to be the case soon, but we're not quite there yet. I think we're going to see more of him before season nine is done. So that's exciting. I must admit, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, maybe it'll be some sort of nice way to say goodbye once and for all to the character. Right? right. Yep. All right. Finally, last item here. And this one I feel like is kind of extra spoilery, even though it's not really a plot detail. Um, but apparently Jason winter is coming to the walking dead. No. Yeah. No. Apparently the white walkers are going to walk their way down on in. Well, they should because they're white walkers. They should. Exactly. This comes from the spoiling dead fans and they are claiming that winter will arrive in the season nine finale. Apparently a snowstorm will descend on them and it will force kingdom people to take refuge at the hilltop because kingdoms falling apart. They probably don't have any heat or something like that. And they're going to be drawn, uh, forced out of their shelter at kingdom and have to move into the hilltop where they've got heat and shelter and they can survive a snowstorm. So we might actually see winter on the walking dead for the first time in nine seasons. That'd be fantastic. I agree. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I I look forward to winter every year. I know you do. And I kind of do too. I mean, I don't love super cold weather, but there's lots about winter that I do like. And I've been anxious to see it on the show 
for a long time because I think it'll have an interesting effect on the storytelling, on the living characters, and especially on the zombies. Yeah, I think this is going to be great. This is, yeah, it's I, I'm I'm excited. Now I wouldn't be surprised if the winter slash snowstorm uh, storyline is all within the one episode. You know, they have an extra budget for the finale, so they do some winter in one episode, and then when we come back for season ten, it's summer again. But yeah, hey. as long as they didn't, they don't do what they did in the Wizard of Oz. You know, the snow that uh, descends on all the poppies. Yeah, it was pure asbestos. As really? long as they don't do that, I think we'll be okay. Good God, are all those people still alive? Not a lot of them, no. <laughs> but I don't know if it's because of the asbestos. Wow, it might be because it was nineteen thirty. Uh, oh yeah, fair enough. Pretty long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, don't rain asbestos down on everyone. Rain fake snow. Or real snow or, somehow. Yeah, get get in a plane, drive a truck. I mean, it's not, you know, winter's not that far away. You know, go someplace where it's snowing. I know it's a pain in the ass to film in the snow, but, you know, well, realism. They've shot it already, and they didn't leave Georgia during the, sh- during the shooting. So it's either going to be fake snow, digital snow. There's always that or, option. Or both. Or both. Probably both, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so there you go. Winter may or may not be coming to The Walking Dead. The insider information says that it might be, but again, I don't know how sort of solid this information is, but it did get me a little bit excited because I want to see some snow on the show. You know? Yep. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. Awesome. Uh, okay, that is all The Walking Dead news that I've got right now. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. What are we going to do now? Uh, I mentioned briefly before the spoiler section there, we will be back in the new year with new podcast. And I do think we should maybe do another actor spotlight. We just have to decide who, maybe one of Magna's group. What do you think about that? They're fairly, fairly new to the show. Well, I mean, the, the obvious one is the, the only actor I know of previous works already. Uh, it's the, the musician dude. Uh, he was in that uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I've already seen it. Oh, really? I haven't seen it. Um, Dan Fogel, I think is his name. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. He he might have he might have the most or the biggest back catalog of any of them, so he's probably a good choice. Um, there's always the actress that plays older Judith. I've already seen Star Wars that she was in. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But that I mean, maybe can't hurt to watch Star Wars again, No, right? it also may be one of the only other things she's been in, but... Uh, yeah, so Dan Fogel's a good idea, um, but we'll we'll have to see. We'll think about that over the break and come back in the new year with, with more information. Sure. All right. Well, that being said, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We do indeed hope you have a wonderful holiday season, whatever it is that you choose to do. Merry Christmas and, uh, and a happy new year to, to everyone out there. Um, I don't know exactly what day we'll be back in the new year, but it'll be soon after um, soon after January starts. And what we'll do is probably do some more news and then talk about that actor spotlight. So until then, uh, you can get in touch with us by visiting TalkingDeadPodcast.com, clicking on Send Voicemail at the top, sending us a message, a recorded message. Like I said earlier, we'd love to hear from anyone who does the Walking Dead studio tour, and especially someone who who's a tour guide, who who actually delivers the tour. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead. Uh, because we haven't recorded too much lately, it's been a little quiet over there, but 
I might start posting a little bit more news just to get uh, people or to keep them engaged a little bit. So, so watch out for that. Find us on Twitter at talking dead or um, send email to talking dead podcast at gmail.com. The other thing I want to do too, actually is review a movie or two here and there between now and, and February. Sure. Um, there are some that we can watch at home, but there's at least one that I'd like to get out to the theater to see. I don't know if that's going to work for you, but I'd really like to go see Anna and the Apocalypse and talk about that here. Zombie Apocalypse musical, Jason. I know that's your kind of thing. I think we should do it. Uh, well, I'm not entirely sure it's my kind of thing, but I can't. <laughs> I've uh, Musicals are hit and miss for me. I know. Sometimes I really like a good musical. Sometimes it's absolutely horrendous and I want to punch it in the throat. Right. That's kind like that uh what was that Repo Man? The Repo Not Repo rock Man opera thing. Yeah, it was from a number of years ago. I forget the name of it exactly, but we saw it at a film festival together. You hated it. Absolutely despised it. I don't even like the fact that it exists. It still haunts me. Yeah. Right? Because well, we're talking about it now. Right. Well, I would like and that's exactly why I want to to go to this one with you, because it could go either way. I have a feeling that Anna and the Apocalypse is a fun good time zombie musical and you know but i'd like i'd like your input on it so i'm hoping we can make that happen see i think that uh if we can you know expound on this just for a second i think that this could work as a uh a zombie movie because uh i think that there is a you can draw a direct line between musical and action films because we back when they had musicals, they didn't really have action films. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, exposition, exposition, dialogue, dialogue, break into three minutes of song, come back to exposition, dialogue, you know, move the plot forward. That's exactly how action movies work. You talk about things for a little bit, then you have an action sequence. You have a car chase. Mm-hmm. And then when the car chase is done, you go back to talking about things and you try and move the plot forward. So there's a direct line between action movie and musical. So taking a zombie film and making it a musical kind of works, right? You well, could do you the go. same thing with the Fast and the Furious. You could make a musical Fast and the Furious, I'm sure, and it would be just fine. I've never seen any of them, but I can't imagine it wouldn't work as a musical. Uh, you know, I'm in a way I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. So you're, you could be right. Uh, but anyway, it's Anna and the Apocalypse. I think it looks fun. People are saying it's pretty good. And yeah. so I'd like to make that happen if we can. We'll figure it out. Uh, at the very least, I'm probably going to go see it if I can, and uh, I'll I'll try to talk about it on here in the new year uh, at some point. If I can figure out my movie theater, my local movie theater, and if it gets its head out of its own ass, then uh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> they're, they're having a head in their ass problem right now? They don't show films during the day, during the week. Oh, like, there's probably not a huge demand for that is the problem. That's the only demand is mine. I demand this because the chances of me being able to find the time to see a movie in the evenings or on the weekends are slim. The only time I can go see a movie that I can guarantee that I can just go and see a movie <clears throat> is taking some time off of work and going during the week. Right. Which might work in the next couple of weeks because you're off work. Exactly. Except that this stupid theater doesn't offer showtimes during that time. So... When am I ever going to get to this brand new VIP cinema that is within walking distance of my home? I can't go there. Well, would you be willing to to drive closer to me and we could go during the day one day? Yeah, but that's not the point. The point is they built this fantastic brand new high-end VIP theater like within walking distance and I can't go to it. That sucks. I'm very annoyed. Sucks for you. (laughs) It does. (laughs) All right. Well, 
we'll see if we can work this out. I didn't really mean to talk about it for this long, but yeah, hopefully it can happen. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see anyways. Uh, that's it. Thank you for tuning in everyone until next time. My name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.